welcome back to another episode of Kate and Isaiah Living Large. I'm Isaiah. And I'm Kate. And on this episode, we are going to talk on bullying. It's going to be a deep one. It's going to be an intense one. I'm excited to get started. And I don't. I think I'm going to mention right off the top, I suspect we may need a trigger warning on this one uh, for various things like bullying <laughs> and uh but also for um talk, maybe talk of suicide mental health and that sort of thing trigger warning right off the top yeah so you know if you are triggered by any of that stuff please keep in mind <laughs> um but before we get into all the really deep stuff uh let's talk let's do a little bit of check-in how have you been what have you been up to how are you making out i'm doing well i have kind of started to regain some of the traction that I had lost in the month of March in terms of the fitness and stuff. And I'm almost to the point where I was just before my birthday, which I'm excited about. I lost another three and a half pounds this week. Um, so back down within a pound or so of where my lowest was on this, on this particular run. So I'm feeling good about that. Not again, I'm going to reiterate, not that it's all about the number, not that it's all about the weight, it's the overall thing. But at the same time, the weight can really get you down. What about you, Isaiah? Yeah, I'm I'm at a... I feel like I've plateaued a little bit. And so I had a little bit of a down moment uh, this week where I um, rang in at the same 306 I've been ringing in for like the last three weeks now. Um, so I, I had a little bit of a down moment where I haven't really gained, gained any weight, but haven't lost any weight. So I, I had to do a little reflecting. But I feel better. I feel good. I feel like... I'm gaining like muscle mass and things like that. So uh, overall, that's the more point of it than just that doing that number going down. However, it can be a little discouraging doing a lot of work and not seeing that number go down. It is. And it's so funny how that is a thing because I know that it's not the only thing. I'm tracking other things intentionally. I'm said over and over that it is one data point to myself. But when I tell you, when it crept back over that 400 mark, I was, I almost teared up. And then I said, no, don't do that, Caitlin, to yourself. Like, it's okay. Just go forward. You can't go backwards. You can only go forward. Yeah, right. It's, it's about making that effort to continue. It, but it does, it can be a little discouraging seeing the number either slip backwards or, you know, not moving the needle where you want it to move, which... It happens, but as long as you, you know, turn around, continue going, because it is easy just to slip and be like, well, it's not working, so I might as well go back to my old habit. Yeah, because that worked so well for both of us. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, how, what else have you been up to? Have you been doing any new activities that you've got going on? Yeah, I've been rehearsing for, I'm playing in the pit orchestra for Shrek the Musical at Hampton High. Right, we so talked been, about that last time. So I've been rehearsing for that. That is in the third week of April, I believe. And I also, I mean... There's a show that I'm playing, a Tom Waits tribute, and I'm saying this in the future tense, but by the time you hear this, it will have already happened, so it went great. But I'm playing in that on this this weekend, and I'm pretty excited about it, pretty nervous. I'm singing and playing the trombone It's uh, with some friends from Woodstock, super excited about it, been excited about it for a long time. Now nerved up that it's finally here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's that time. It's time to put all the hard work into into action. Yeah, yeah that that can be nerve wracking too. All that weird weird stuff going on. <laughs> but 
let's uh <laughs> mic issues always the and mic mike likes to run away this is the first time it's ever happened once we've been recording it's usually a setup issue yeah oh well we'll we'll deal with it when it comes yeah <laughs> all right let's uh shall we get into the intense topic sure so uh we'll just put another trigger warning here we are gonna get into uh bullying so trigger warning for anything that might come up you know suicide weight loss triggers bullying all that fun stuff so let's get into it so i want to ask you what is your what is your first experience with bullying what was what what happened what was your first experience my my first experience i remember this vividly i was five and I, I mentioned on previous episodes, I think, that I've always been really tall for my age. So I wasn't a fat kid. Like, I wasn't chubby growing up, but I was really tall. And so when I was five, I was easily a head taller than every other one of my friends. And so I was at the playground with my friends, and they were... One pretended there were a bunch of bees around me, which I was terrified of. I'm still terrified of, probably related to this incident. There's a bee on you, Kate. There's a bee on you, Kate. And then they're like, they're attracted to you because you're a fat cell. And so we were, and we were five. <laughs> so that was my first real experience. And I mean, that's normal five-year-old stuff. I don't think of those girls and think, wow, they were jerks. No, they were five. And that's just what five-year-olds do. Like, no issue there, but that was the first time I remember being like, I knew that I was bigger than them. I, because they were like, well, how much do you weigh? And I can't remember how much I weighed when I was five, but it was like easily 20 pounds more than everyone else. But it was because I was like seven inches taller than them. <laughs> how about you, Isaiah? Did you have any early experiences with the Um, I, the first one I can remember is I was in elementary school, you know, grades K to five around here. Um, and there was this one kid and he always picked on me, just constantly picked on me. I wasn't, uh, I was a skinny kid when I was in elementary school. Like parents took me to nutritionalists. I wouldn't eat all that stuff. Um, so I had this kid that just picked on me and picked on me and picked on me. And it was just like constantly every day. Just, and I don't remember solely what it was about other than he just picked on me and picked on me till I got to a boiling point and one day I just snapped and I started just like beating him up in like the middle of some guy's yard and there was a lot of intense stuff that happened after that but yeah it was uh that was the that's the one the first time I remember being bullied to a point where I just I, yeah I snapped and I don't I don't remember what what caused me to snap other than the fact that I just basically was smashing this kid's head off the ground. Like, yeah. And that was like grade five. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I've never, I mean, I, that, I mean, I think there's a difference between how I don't want to generalize for all people, but <laughs> traditionally there's a difference between how men handle hurt and how women handle hurt. And not in all cases, not, in, you know, not saying I'm not painting everybody with the same brush, but and when we're dealing in the world of generalities, that is a thing. And I think that is a much more typical response. How did you feel once you had, I mean, other than bad about beating someone up? 
And about the bullying part itself, did you feel uh, better or? I mean, I don't like looking back on it. I don't feel like it did anything to make me feel better about it. I think it just was just our my end of reaction. Yeah. I mean, after that, uh, he never bullied me again. So the bullying stopped. But I don't think looking back, it was not it didn't solve any issues. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, violence is never the answer, boys and girls. <laughs> Truth. Um, I, I tended to go very inward whenever a bullying instance happened to me for a long time. So the next real instance I remember my weight coming up, and this wasn't a bullying thing in a sense, but it was grade five as well. And we were still living in, I was, I was born in St. John, New Brunswick, lived in Pembroke, Ontario for about a decade through my elementary school years. So I was in grade five, I was in Pembroke, Ontario. And I remember having a crush on this boy. And again, I was very tall. <laughs> like I've been the same height as I am now in, since grade five. So I'm five, seven, I was five, seven or so, maybe five, six in grade. I was fully grown, I was fully cooked by grade six. So again, I was full woman size and I was 10. And I had a crush on this boy in my class as a 10 year old girl does. <laughs> and I remember like asking him out. I didn't know what asking someone out would entail in grade five. I don't know what it entails. I'm probably <laughs> a lot more now than it did then for being honest about how kids move. True. True. <laughs> oh my God. That's my nephew's age. Um, <laughs> who was this to this podcast? Hi Dominic. He's in grade six. Um, I was like, uh, do you want to go out with me? And he looks me square in the eye. <laughs> this I looked up to the sky and said I would but you're so tall oh. <laughs> and then it was again like I, I weighed more than everyone else even though when I look back on it now at same weight I weighed like 135 pounds or something and oh my god I would be skinny um, <laughs> but uh but yeah no that's the kind of thing that was the next time that that came that up came and up. I was just like oh so now I can't date because I'm too tall and too fat was how I heard that. Not what he said, but, but that's, that's how, how I heard perceived it. it. Yeah. And sometimes uh, it is about how we perceive things. Um, especially at a younger age, a lot of like, there's a lot of outward bullying, but there's also a lot of inward on yourself bullying. Yeah. Um, I, that was me in middle school. That was kind of me. Um, I inwardly, hated myself <laughs> yeah same um i felt at that so elementary school skinny didn't eat then in grade five i discovered food <laughs> and i ate and ate and ate and so then i was in middle school i became bigger and but i hadn't like i was for i was that ish I wasn't like oh, super overweight or anything, but I was much heavier than and uh, most of the other kids that we hung out with. So at that point, I then hated myself because I felt like I was fat and was out of shape. And so that was kind of my middle school was just inward bullying more than anything. Um, there were times where people would make comments and stuff. But nothing overtly in middle school for me. 
So grade six was still the la- at the time was still the last year of elementary school right. because I'm old. <laughs> um, and that was the first year we moved to New Brunswick. So I was I went to Layfield Elementary, Quispanis, and brand new to the school. So I didn't have like a strong base of friends growing up. And I was again awkwardly tall. And I got this haircut that I don't know how a haircut could have been worse, but it would have been like a high fashion haircut for an adult woman, but I was not an adult woman. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, it involves, it was a short haircut and there were sideburns. So then everybody called me Elvis and then something really awful happened to me. Keep in mind, it was new school. I joined the chess club and that's not the embarrassing part. Um, and I was at chess club after school and this is unrelated to weight, but the weight all kind of ties in to the whole degree of bullying. And I don't talk about this often. And I think I'm finally to a point where I'm okay saying it probably, I better be, I'm doing it here. (laughs) Um, I was sitting in chess club in grade six and I had to use the washroom. I had to pee. And so I went to the only washroom where I knew where it was in the school because I hadn't been at the school that long. I hadn't, and it was locked and I thought to myself, okay, I can just hold it. I don't know why I was shy and kind of awkward. And so I don't know why I didn't just ask the teacher where I could go to the bathroom or if he could unlock it or whatever, but I didn't. I just went back and sat down and I was sitting there and I was sitting there and I thought, Oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, you know how you really have to go and you're like your back teeth are floating and you're like, Oh my God, I'm playing chess. And then I thought to myself, I have to relieve this pressure. Maybe I'll just let a little bit out. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done that. You can't just let a little bit out. Turns nope. out. So I was the kid, brand new to school, horrific Elvis haircut, also was in chess club, uh, and peed my pants. Yeah, that definitely causes some issues, right? Plus I was 5'7". Plus, I yeah, so I just, I already stood out. I was also academically very good which is a good thing in like life but at the time like nerdy kid thankfully I didn't wear glasses till I was 20 um at least I had that going for me (laughs) but peed my pants it was not a good scene and it started all of a sudden I became the kid that was picked on yeah and that follows you for most of the rest of your academic uh, career, yeah. Especially if you don't like move to like a school that changes where everyone that you see. And around here, it's very rare that you move to a brand new school with brand new people. Well, and convert. I mean, that probably could have been a thing had I asked, but I also got to a point. So grade six was the first time that I ever contemplated suicide. And to think about that now of a sixth grader, like, oh my God, there's so much life to live. (laughs) But it was, I, and I never wanted to complain at home. So I never told anybody what was going on. And this comes up again in this story of Caitlin's bullying later. But I just, I, I just dealt with it and pretended everything was fine. And I'd kind of like, but it, it was not fine. And being bullied like that. And I don't blame the kids. Like, of course you're going to bully the kid who stands out like a sore thumb and peed her 
freaking pants. Like, that's just going to happen. I'm sorry about your luck, Caitlin. <laughs> that <laughs> sucks. But it that really continued on. And junior high, I like, we entered junior high feeling pretty good. Made a group of friends in grade eight, finally. We were starting to feel good again. But they even them who are all, like, really nice adults. So, like, if you happen to listen <laughs> to this, you're lovely people as adults and even the rest of high school. But at, in the moment, there was this other person who, just before high school, started, like, two weeks because I'd finally got this little group of friends, went to these girls and said, if you guys stop hanging out with Caitlin Dean, you can hang out with us when wow. we start KD next week. And that happened. So then I entered grade nine. Having to reset all your friendships. Which is not an easy thing to do. I wasn't as awkwardly tall then. So people had started to catch up. But that sort of living large, as it were. <laughs> hey, it's the name of our podcast. Um, From such a young age, you just develop a bit of a shield. And to your yeah. point, Isaiah, I also was eating up high. Like, I remember... There not being much sugary food in the house one time and like taking a bag of icing sugar and downing half of it. Like, yeah, there was like really unhealthy food behaviors in there. Yeah, I think that's something like, especially when you're hating yourself internally, that it's food is almost like a mechanism to solve that issue. It's something that makes you feel good. And yeah, I think that kind of adds to it, right? Yeah. Now, at the same time, and the reason, like, teachers and things didn't really question any issues with me, I still did well in school. I was playing trombone in the band. I was regularly attending that. I sang in choirs. I played on the school soccer team at that point in junior high and the first part of high school. And so I was involved, like, it, you know, on paper, everything looked like, oh, this girl's got it together. Yeah, well, and that's kind of, when people commit suicide that's kind of what you see a lot of is we didn't know like this person was the happiest person we know this person's the the per that person was you know very outgoing they were the whatever whatever and but you never know what someone is feeling on the inside right and we're almost like our worst critics well, time, right? i hit that grade nine and i remember this is a, this is the real trigger warning part i remember sitting in the bathtub feeling fat for one because I did put on 20 or 30 pounds between grade 8 and grade 9 I'd gone away and was there were just no limitations on the food that I was eating when I was away and I just I yeah I went from being like you know 170 to 195 or something which was a lot in a summer and I hit a point in grade nine where I, I was playing on the school soccer team and I'd wore a skirt one time and it was probably a size too small, but it was all I had. I was kind of a tomboy, didn't have a lot of dress up clothes, but you had to dress up on game day. And that day I was wearing the skirt, probably a little short. Um, somebody had shoved like garbage in my locker and then like, like banana peels and stuff. So it attracted fruit flies and then wrote on my locker in Sharpie saying something like, um, something like your skirt's too short. Your fat ass is hanging out. Oh, um, there might've been something else. Oh, and why don't you try cleaning up your locker? And I remember looking at it. 
oh my god. And so I went and played my game, and then, you know, really down, like, at the time, I'd get shoved into lockers and spit at, and, like, I really, it was really not good. And that was kind of the easy stuff to deal with. It was the more uh, subversive stuff, like the girl bullying that is really horrendous, the name calling, the, if there had been social media where people could have gotten to me when I was at home, there's no, there is no, I'm positive I wouldn't have made it. Because that alone, I remember sitting in the tub, this is where I started to go with this, with a razor blade. I didn't know what, I didn't actually know what I was doing, thinking, okay, I, I gotta end this. And there were three things that prevented me from doing it. One, I couldn't do that to my parents. Like I couldn't have them find me. I, and two, I felt like I deserved to feel so bad because I was so down on myself that I felt I I I deserve to feel this shitty. I don't deserve the release from this. This I deserve this misery. And three, and this is the funniest one, but I, really telling is I had a, a band or a choir concert or something a week later. I was like, can't let them down. Yeah. Okay, they need that trombone. <laughs> <laughs> I am too important. <laughs> Integral. <laughs> but at the same time, it goes to show when you join things or when your kids join things yeah. and you develop that sense of commitment, it does have its moments. No, a hundred percent. I think the social programs in general is definitely helpful for people. Um, even in that kind of intense moment, right? Cause it's a community, even though they don't necessarily know that what you're going through, it's a community that you might have extra intense with. Right. Yeah. I mean, so there's something to be said for me. I joined a lot of things and then I kind of continue to do that in life. But it was basically like these people had to be around me, even if they were, I don't know if I wasn't being invited over to other people's houses and things. And I did develop friends, of course. And I did man, I did have some great friends through high school, but it never felt like in the first couple of years of high school, grade nine being the absolute worst. I just, but, and you know, looking back and when you have conversations with people, Nobody's doing well then. <laughs> it's kind of a universal thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's interesting to think that, you know, how many people out there really do think about committing suicide? And that, like, the I don't know the statistics right off the top of, like, how many people actually commit suicide, but even just, like, one person is way too much. And sometimes it can just be about not being accepted or involved in something right yeah and i mean i don't want to minimize anything or anybody's pain because there are many well, reasons right. that including mental health like i learned a lot more about it as an adult than i knew when i was 14 yeah i would hope anyway um you know it, it's it's a mental health concern mental health is physical health oh for sure and it's a concern as much as cancer is in terms of how to treat it and how the importance is. And like, I know that in my life, if I had actually shared with anybody what was going on inside my head and I did not, you have a different story. I know my mom went to parent teacher and she knew something wasn't right. And the teacher didn't know what to do, but she knew I was being bullied but right. I never complained. And she said, I had missed a lot of school in grade nine, but I still, my marks were excellent. So there was no, no cause for concern academically. And it's not like it is today. I feel like there's a lot more watching of kids now. Like it's much. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot more talk about it too. I think, but I think, yeah, I think there's a lot more talk about, it, but I think it's also uh, the bullying is not as much in school anymore as like you stated earlier, there was social media. It definitely would be a lot more intense. It's intense online in general right now yeah it's kind of oh it is well i i was saying before the show started with all of this stuff that this stuff that happens to you when you're young it sticks with you yeah no matter how much therapy i've had and i've had some to deal with these issues and i've come a long way and i'm very happy as a person now and i'm good at dealing with things and i think these early experiences have, I wouldn't change any of it because it's crafted me into right. who I am. And I don't say that in a joking or uh, flippant way. I mean that like I really am happy with who I am as a person. So that's all good. But I, I was saying just before we started the podcast today that there are things that still trigger me. And one, I was on Tinder a uh, stupid guy messaged me and paid me a compliment that was not that nice um and about he said nice chest and I almost just deleted him and I probably should have but I was like thanks with a question mark (laughs) and he wrote back can I see them and I said no and then he writes back you're fat and uh uh, on matches from me and I was like well, you're an idiot. But then yeah. I was like, oh, I am fat. But I call myself fat. My TikTok handle is Fat Caitlin. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> and I'm okay. Like, But that really, it did something to me. And it threw me off for a few hours. Yeah. That can, yeah, I can definitely understand that. That's it. Especially if it's like just a random weirdness like that. And that's all incel stuff. It's really weird. And, you know, I don't understand that. Why When guys like give a girl a compliment to like, you know, try and, you know, sex, have sex with them or whatever it is. And then if you get turned down, all of a sudden you're like, hate them. It makes zero sense to me. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It clearly, he's the one with the problem in this scenario, but yeah. I only mention it in that it really, all of that early stuff, it does stick with you. Even though like I've, over time developed coping mechanisms. Like <laughs> I remember hitting grade 12 and I started to say the things that would pop into my head to people. Turns out <laughs> contrary to popular belief, I'm funny. <laughs> Sometimes you, you have your moments, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I can snap back pretty quick and not be mean about it. But like I, I am capable of putting someone in their place. <laughs> it turned out. Oh that, yeah, for sure. Um, I think therapy is definitely a whole subject we could talk about, but so you, you, you went through therapy in your adult life. Yeah. A couple of times and I would rely on it again. We can, I think, I think that's a whole other conversation. I think that is. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I also did therapy, so I I really enjoyed that. So we definitely need to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when, so in high school, so high school was, is that your, that, at grade nine was your worst? Is that grade nine was the absolute worst. And then there's some things that happened. It, the rest of the stuff that happened since, and there's been little things here and there have more been like the internal struggles that were born out of that time. Yeah. Uh, 
high school is when I hit my stride, I think. High school is when, so like elementary school, too, too thin, really skinny, bullied a bit. In middle school, I got fat because I found food. Um, and I really uh, internalized that and hated myself internally. High school is when I kind of discovered sports and discovered who I really was and the bullying that I experienced in high school was more racist bullying than uh, yeah I was gonna it ask was about that like in that wasn't really a thing in elementary school or middle school at least not that I noticed but when I got to high school it was a little bit more racist bullying than about my size or anything like that like what kind like uh, anything overt or um not nothing super overt it was more it it was more like i think it was more i noticed things so like i was out and about more by myself in high school so like i noticed people like would walk across the street like or would like people would like follow me around in like stores things like that like yeah. you know the the wasn't necessarily calling me the n-word or anything like that no. it was more of a you know this person is not this suspicious looking right right so it wasn't from other kids as much as like society right yeah and, and i think well and i think at that point in our society it was ex it wasn't like bad to be black at that point uh, for the most part there were definitely kids that uh, felt like that but it was they wouldn't th those kids just never associate with me and i don't i was very outgoing in high school i was part of pretty much every group that hung out i didn't like there were no like cliques that i didn't like meet up with and hang out with mm -hmm. so i think that also played a role in not that people felt like they couldn't fully bully me because of I was just with everyone. Right. You're also a really nice person and really fun to be around. <laughs> I can't imagine you changing that drastically since high school. <laughs> no, I, I think that's when I really got my stride was in high school. That was kind of, but yeah, the, the, the racism really started to come in play when. Yeah. Wow. That's a uh, tough stuff. And I'll say, it is not the same thing, but people have also crossed the road to avoid me yeah, as a as large a, person, yeah, too. Yeah. And I am no way comparing those two things because they are very different. <laughs> but I, I, ha I do know what that particular experience right. is like. Yeah. No, I think... Yeah. Nobody followed me around no in any stores, though. Stores, no, no. I, and I think I, there was only one really overtly racist moment. I, well, I guess there was two. Two really racist, overtly... The no, those happened when I was in university. Um, one, some guy just in the middle of the King Square of all places just yelled at me and called me the N-word, which was intense. That's that jarring. Was, yeah, yeah. Um, How did you react? What did you do? I just kind of tried. I, I got really, like, internally, I was really, really upset. Um but I decided, like, I just needed to walk away. I just kept walking and just tried to ignore it. Um, and the other time was uh, at a bar, O'Leary's, 
guy was really upset. He was up mad at me. I don't know why. Um, and so in the spite of anger, he decided to call me the N-word um, before he tried to fight me. Um, and that one was a little bit, that that interaction was a little bit more funny to me because I, we, I was about to fight him until he called me the N-word. And then I stopped and I basically scolded him on calling me the N-word, which was, that was a funny, and then he got kicked out, which was funny. But yeah, that was a little bit more funny to me that moment. But the King Square moment was really, really weird to me. That was. How old were you when that happened? When uh, you were sitting here at university age? So the O'Leary's one, I was probably uh, probably 20-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my early, early 20s. Um, and I, the King Square one wasn't even, I, you know what, it wasn't even when I was in university. It was right around the same time the Pokemon Go craze started. Okay, not that long ago. So it wasn't really. that long ago. Uh, I just remember internally being like, I, because I, I wanted to go out and do the Pokemon Go thing. And internally I was like, no, I'm just going to go home and sit at home. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, uh, that is jarring. Yeah, yeah. Was anybody with you? No, no, I was oh. by myself. It was really weird. Did you tell anybody about it at the time? Like, uh, I think I talked to Andrea about it, but not about how I felt about it, just how it made me feel, just what happened. But Yeah. Well, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it, it. it's not like it's... The, I, I no means have had it as bad as some people. Like, it's definitely way worse in other places sure <laughs> i mean we, we can, we're delving into a topic that goes far beyond <laughs> oh my goodness this is, yeah yeah right uh not that i'm not that it's not an important <laughs> one that you know right uh, yeah but we are definitely getting off trap <laughs> but uh, yeah no that, those were I, honestly what i the bullying for me kind of stopped in middle school for me but except for the just general they're general yeah i have you and like we what about online so you we talk i know we're getting over our normal time here but i think we can make this a little bit more important subject so we'll make it a little longer um what about in your adulthood so i with the onset of the internet being a much more open social thing do you find you get keyboard warrior bullied more or interesting thing about the age that I am is that and the age that things came out like the social media organizations, (laughs) whatever we call them came out. It it coincides in a really interesting point in my life and the ages that I was at. So, you know, the big thing when I was going through junior, uh, not junior high, there's nothing there. High school is ICQ brings it back so you're only communicating with people you knew for the most part and i was in high school so it was you know a handful of people and so it did nothing really transpired there that was too wild then it was msn messenger and again it was all people i knew so there was no bullying on that front and you know you'd leave like song lyrics that indicated (laughs) how sad you were so your friends would get some attention to you like you know normal normal stuff um then, so when Facebook, when I got Facebook in 2007, I was already in my mid-20s. Yeah. 
So, you know, you've got a level of maturity. Not that I was so mature (laughs) at 23 or 24 years old, but you do have a level of maturity that is not a teenage maturity. So Facebook, again, it was all people I knew. I don't, I don't remember a ton of keyboard warrior. And I was also right around the same time going to journalism school. So at the time I was becoming a person who is skilled in communications and so I tend to be a person who avoids keyboard warriors. I'm trying to think if there's ever been anything like I, I mean, not really. Like, honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I know that if I put myself out there in a certain way, there could be probably like if I was really active on Twitter and I, I'm sure that I could attract that level, but I also do everything in my power to avoid it. Right. Um, and now I'm, a, I'm also a person now who's fairly confident despite all of the other stuff. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm as quick to bully myself and I, and that's part of that. It's a yeah. deflection thing, but I'm going to say some, if I say something dumb, I'm going to say it before anybody else does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I get that for me growing up. Like I was middle school. It was like uh, ICQ MSN kind of came around as I was moving into high school, middle school, high school, time um so for me like true social media and the aspect of like facebook i I don't count myspace myspace had like some weird times but like nothing really that was just a whole weird time yeah um so facebook is the really what i consider like the true point of social media breakthrough right and that was my first year of university so it was like i didn't have to deal with like I didn't find any bullying at that point. The more I put out my TikToks and the more on like I put myself out there in the world, the more things I get a little bit in comments sections of things. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm kind of balding, so sometimes that people will throw that out there, and I don't. That doesn't hurt me. I don't. I find at this point in time, you can say whatever the hell you want. It doesn't typically. Well, you know, even my TikTok has been shockingly positive and kind, which is hilarious. There have only been like two negative comments. One was I, I, somebody early on asked me if I had my thyroid checked because my eyebrows were sparse. (laughs) And I will say that did do something to me because I I don't, I never liked my eyebrows and I did over tweeze when I was young. So they were a mess. And so I did start getting them tinted and like really shaped and they're looking a lot better. Um, And so that was kind of funny, but it it did kind of bother me, but like enough to do something. It bothered me enough to do something about it, but in the end, I'm glad that I did something about it. Yeah. And then the other thing was, um, when I lost the 40 pounds in a couple of months or whatever, somebody was like, there's no way you did that without assistance. And I was Uh-oh. like, mm, but I did. I have, and I was like, I had a lot to lose. So like capacity wise, yeah. it's not like I went from 170 to 130. Like I went from 445 to 405. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you look at like per capita, <laughs> that's not the right word, but, uh, you know, scalability, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, right. So those are really, so even on TikTok, which is a notoriously mean app, it has been very positive. Nice. That's, that's good. Yeah. 
I'm sure. Well, eventually, when we become superstars, we'll get a little bit more. Yeah, maybe we'll deal with the hate then. When we're fa- big and famous. Yeah. Are you gonna guys? <laughs> let's make me famous. I mean, I mean us. Us famous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think this has been a pretty intense conversation we've had, but I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. So, as always, before we go, where can fi- people find you on the internet? First, I'd like to mention I didn't cry. I thought I would, but I didn't. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Fat Caitlin. Uh, Facebook, we're living large with Kate and Isaiah, or Kate and Isaiah living large. Kate and Isaiah living large. Kate and Isaiah living large. Episode seven, people. And are we labeling the episodes now as requested? Yes. Excellent. And I, the Caitlin Dean on Twitter and Caitlin Dean on Insta. And uh, how about you, Isaiah? Maritime um, Brews everywhere. Maritime Brews on all of the social medias. That is correct. Of course. And uh, we are Kate and Isaiah Living Large on TikTok as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't post anything this past week, so I got to get I gotta get better at that. But Yeah, way to go, Isaiah, who uh, does all of the work for this podcast. <laughs> I just roll in. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, we thank you for listening, and uh, have a great day. Bye. Bye.